Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm an idiot who just broke his $300 gaming monitor. Uh, how terribly unfortunate. Yeah. What a what a terrible night to have a curse. Someone set us up the bomb. <laughs> I don't know uh, which of my dated gaming references people get, but whatever. I don't know, they're internet memes enough. So, I feel like if you're on the internet, you should get these. And if you don't, uh, go on the internet more. Or, you know, touch grass. How'd you break your monitor? So, I uh, was replacing... So, I got a new uh, M2 drive for my PS5. And to take it off... To put it into the PS5, of course, you have to remove one of the covers. So I remove one of the covers and it doesn't like come off very easily. It just like takes its fucking sweet time and then it just like shoots off in chaos. And I'm like, oh, everything seems fine. I've only knocked over a few things. This is all okay. Uh, And then I go to turn on my PS5 because I need to format the the new M2 drive. And I discover that uh, a third of my screen is now black because I fucking destroyed the monitor. Great. That's that's that. What do you want? <laughs> What's an M2 drive? Oh, this is the thing we talked about uh, multiple multiple weeks ago. It's yeah, this... I vaguely remember it, but it's like oh, it's like the the new an... like memory stick thing. Yeah, it's the new hard drive standard. Okay, uh, it's supposed to be faster than uh, the regular solid state drives that were just like a compressed version of the hard disk drives. I think what solid state drives were like, it's it's the same technology as like uh, like a USB like thumb drive. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a kind of kind of a withered technology at this point, I guess you could say. Yeah, still works uh, fine. How much how, how many memory things do I have in my house that are completely different? Uh, yes, because I also have a little uh, flash drive. As well, that's one terabyte of storage yeah. for the Steam Deck that would never came today and has now been delayed till tomorrow. And I want to die. I don't know. I uh, I was telling you about how I'm playing through the uh, Generation Five Pokemon games again. I um, couldn't find the little like memory card reader for my flash cart because I was like, oh, I'm gonna cheat at this old Pokemon game. Of course. So it was I couldn't find the actual card reader for the little card to go into. So uh, it was like gymnastics uh, trying to figure out how to fucking get the memory card connected to my computer, because like none of that shit. Like is standard at all anymore, so no, there's way too many versions of of memory and it. It doesn't make sense. Like you, you yep. a- Apple has their own shit. Nothing's well, actually, thanks to the EU. For the one time, uh, Apple is now, I think in 2024, going to have to convert to the USB-C uh, standard. Right. Yep. 
which uh big fan of that. Yeah. Good for you. I don't know. I had to put the the micro SD card in my old Samsung Galaxy tablet and connect that to my laptop to to edit my save file. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> uh, persistence pays off. That's something I wanted to figure out. Is like how to how to rip save files off of my entire collection of Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't have the hardware to, like, you know, dump a cartridge or whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I have the I have the flash cart that'll play in my my DSi, and I can, like, just edit shit on it. Right. Uh, and it also, it, I don't know, it's basically like, uh, you remember the Game Shark? Yes. I don't think they make those anymore. They but don't, like, because now you just have, you know, flash drives and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, now you can just, you know, put it on your computer. Um, but, yeah, so that's uh, another thing, dating myself. But, like, it kind of has that, too, like, built in. So, like, whenever I open up, like, Pokemon Black version, I can make it so that, like... All experience that I get during battles is multiplied by five thousand. <laughs> uh, so I I go down route one and all my Pokemon hit level one hundred. Uh, that's true. How much XP? I think a Pidgey gives like something like twenty XP per yeah. one you kill. Well, there's also like this is something else that I didn't know a long time ago and just recently figured out but like there's uh there's math to how much like it it's based on the mm-hmm. difference between the two pokemon's levels how much experience you get uh now there is i don't mm-hmm. think before there was yeah but there is in this game mm-hmm. it's something i think i think it was specifically the reason you're saying uh, so that way they could you know uh, make it so you didn't abuse the game and, you know, had to actually, like, take the sweet time to grind instead of, you know, hi, I, it's level one. All of my Pokemon are uh, level 100 uh, within three seconds. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's fun. It's a fun game. There was, uh, like, a rudimentary achievement system built into the game, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to collect all of the medals. Gotta medal them all. So, yeah, that's that's been my day is dealing with uh, having just broken a monitor, uh, fix it, getting an M2 drive into my PS5 and uh, reordering a new monitor. Uh, fortunately, the new monitor, which uh, is just going to be the same version, like the same because I actually like the monitor. It's a good monitor, but like oh, I'm, it's a great monitor. I'm just rebuying the monitor that I bought in 2021 and it has gone down in price because the original price on the monitor was like $500. It is now at $300. So yeah. it's, I don't know. My, uh, my day was pretty much spent, uh, being in too much pain to move and then having to watch a bunch of movies that I didn't like so that I could come here and complain about them. Well, we're going to have uh, a very disagreeing discussion about one of them. Uh, and the other one, we're going to shit on uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, boy. Uh, you <laughs> might be in for some surprises. Oh, God. No, not like this. 
Uh, fucking anything <laughs> with this. Don't do this. All right, we've we've teased enough. The the balls have been teased. It's time to get into the main show and talk about what's our swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. All right, I'm just drinking water for now because I finished all of my course banquet. Uh, that's right. I'm uh, two, three weeks behind. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I also have water, but I also have because uh, I went to the store today and uh, I found they had a cart full of fucking uh, wines that were on manager special because they wanted I guess they just wanted to clear stock. So I picked up the Lefty Wine Company's Final Frontier Rosé Blend. Uh, mm-hmm. And I will now read the bottle. I will read the description. This is a backer card. This is a card for collectors. Uh, you are cordially invited to embark with us t- to the final the final frontier. Our highly vibrant rosé blend starts with a fine wine that undergoes a secondary fermentation with peach juice. The result is an elegant, flavorful wine with notes of aromatic peaches balanced with a dry, smooth finish. Uh, and that is actually true. Uh, the peach juice makes this rather nice. I, I do really enjoy this. You know what else they should have used to to blend in with it? Gasoline, tea, or gray hot? Because that's what it, Captain Picard drinks. I know that I, I got the the Patrick Stewart impression. Captain Jean Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> it's wild how different he sounds in uh, Star Trek. Next generation. I, I I almost said Star Trek Enterprise. I'm like, no, no, no. That's the Scott Bakula version uh, that my dad and I watched on the UPN. Uh, compared to you know how he sounds now, which is I didn't you realize know, Scott Bakula was in a Star Trek. Yeah. Did he quantum leap into that universe? I don't know. I I think he was just a regular old captain, and he was just captaining the Enterprise. Hmm. So yeah, my dad and I watched that for a few seasons, and then I went off to college. I can't hear the name Scott Bakula without thinking of Dr. Acula and that it's like just a vampire who's trying really hard to pretend he's not who we all know he is. Yeah. That's my mild autism for you. Shall we move into some news? Yes. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Our first story is that Caleb has mild autism. Please also see attorney kayak deed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got to that episode of uh, extraordinary attorney Wu. So my name in the call is attorney kayak deed, because whether you read it straight or flipped, it's uh, it's the same. Wu Young Wu kayak deed rotor race car Wu Young Wu. Uh, so our actual first story is that Netflix's lawsuit against the creators of the Bridgerton musical has ended with the company dismissing the suit with prejudice. Uh, with prejudice actually is a legal term, uh, meaning that the suit cannot be revisited. So uh, again, this was initiated by Netflix to dismiss the suit. What? does okay so they're just like we're not suing you anymore and we can't sue you again for it that is or correct. do they have to stop doing it uh no they like 
it's them saying we are not suing you and we won't sue you again. It is notable that this was filed on and we missed this last week, but it was filed on uh, September 20th. And the date that the Bridgerton musical was supposed to have its live event date was September 19th. So it feels like they just sued to stop the event and then didn't (laughs) care anymore. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's funny. So there's that. That's the resolution. Uh, The story is over for now uh, until I'm sure these chuckle fucks attempt to do Bridgerton musical Two electric boogaloo. Maybe they'll do The Crown, the musical. Wait, Netflix already did that. That's what Diana the Musical That's is. That's what Diana the Musical was. Talk about a fucking doubleheader, because season five of The Crown comes out in November, and this will be all the Diana shit, like all of the up-to-car crash shit, Diana shit. And, uh... <laughs> boy, is there no better double feature than what's going to be season five of The Crown and Diana the Musical. It's the Thrilla in Manila with Diana and Camilla. I don't know. I wonder. Jesus Christ. I wonder if uh, Netflix is going to try to, like, play both sides and, like, the beginning of the next season of The Crown is going to have a dedication, like, dedicated to Queen Elizabeth II. Long may she reign uh, since she died. And then over the end credits of the first episode is going to be all the Irish football fans going, Lizzie's in a box, in a box, Lizzie's in a box. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I mean, pretty great, honestly. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I didn't know that season five was coming out so soon, honestly, because I remember they paused production f- because of the queen's death. So I'm guessing that production was halted on season six. And not season hmm. five, like I thought. So it might, I feel like it might be one of those things where they're doing back to back production, you know, like the, the Lord of the Rings movies, how they took three months and shot all the Lord of the Rings movies. They, I guess they just took however long it's going to take for them to do seasons five and six and just did it all together or something like that. But I don't know. That's just a guess. I don't know. I uh, watched the first season of the show and decided that I wasn't interested. It was always allowed. Th- those kind of shows are more my thing than your thing. It's like yeah, House of Cards. True. Yep. hundred uh, percent. Netflix has canceled the upcoming adaptation or adaption of the Dark Horse Comics oh, Grendel. Please, oh, please tell me I didn't type adaption. Uh, I no, did. Thank didn't. God. Okay. Thank Christ. We're, we're safe for now. Oh. The show was helmed by Andrew Dabb. <laughs> showrunner for the now cancelled Resident Evil series. I just dabbed on my webcam, so. Uh. <laughs> how are, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> Doesn't Isn't Steve Buscemi just wearing a shirt? Like, he has a hoodie with a backwards baseball cap, a skateboard, and it says rock band? It says music band with, oh, music like, band. The, okay. the lightning bolt, like the ACDC like logo ACDC, in the yes, middle, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, so yeah, this is notable, uh, because very rarely do we really hear about Netflix projects getting the can before they've even like, cause this was 
in for all intents and purposes, done mm-hmm. and ready to go. And they just said, so they pulled a Warner Brothers discovery by saying, fuck this show. Uh, we're now going to write this thing off. Yeah, that's weird because Netflix will usually like even if they know something's going to be like a dud, they'll just put it up because it's like. Might as well, you know. It's like, I don't know if there was like some ongoing payment for this or if they thought they could like. I don't know, sell it off to somebody else and and make out a bit better. Yeah, I'm not sure. That, but it's all just guesswork at this point. We don't know for sure if they're writing it off. Although, uh, with Warner Brothers Discovery opening, uh, in essence, Pandora's box when it comes to just writing off projects, I I feel like we're going to hit an era where that happens a bit more often. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the guy did Resident Evil. Uh, It did pretty good numbers in his first week. It did uh, worse numbers in the second week and then just kind of died. So, like. I don't, I don't know what it was. I, I don't know if they, they watched it and was just like, oh, there is no way we can we can release this shit. Or if they were just like, hey, this guy can't do fucking Resident Evil. Fuck this thing. This guy's doing. I don't know. Literally, nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's actually and that's actually kind of the, the genius behind this is that you minimize noise around a canceled show by canceling before anybody's seen anything about it. Like there are going to be those people who have been waiting for this adaptation, blah, blah, blah. But like, if you don't show a trailer or a teaser, or you don't release that first season and you just say, we got to put the X and A on this shit. You minimize the amount of people that are going to complain about it. Yeah. That might be the thing too, is like, uh, you know, just trying to not have to weather any more bad press. Yeah. That, I mean, that's it. I, there's shit. There's controversy going on about the the Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix because you know the same people who say the same things are like, hey, they're profiting off of tragedy. Uh, we're glorifying serial killers. The same well, shit. Then go petition CNN. That exists. I, I don't really have a take on it. It's just like I mean, they might be, but like. I don't know. True crime podcasts have done this for years. They've been glorifying uh, and like highlighting serial killers for literal years with this shit. It happens yeah. every time. They're uh, fucking. I was on Tubi, so that way I could watch. Uh, oh fuck! What was it? Oh, it was. Was it pit. on Tubi or not Tubi? I hate you. Uh, I, mm. I was watching the the movie The Pit on on Tubi, uh, which is the one where the the kid finds this hole in the ground where where there's a bunch of troglodytes. And he keeps throwing people into the pit to feed the troglodytes. Uh, it's hilarious. Mm. It's a hilarious movie. But I saw no fewer than like four Jeffrey Dahmer document- documentary slash docuseries being pushed by Tubi because of the Netflix series. So it's not just Netflix. It's every media company trying to profit off of this. So keep that energy up. Yeah, and with that, we've uh, expended all of our news options. So uh, let's get into some trailers and downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! All right, uh, our first trailer this week is for The Playlist. 
Led by Daniel Eck, a group of passionate young entrepreneurs come together in what seems to be the impossible task to change the music industry and the world. They set out to create a legal streaming service for music. The playlist comes out Netflix. It comes to Netflix October 13th, 2022. This is the fictionalized story of how we got Spotify. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are two companies that I... Uh, and I want to make sure everyone understands this as I put it in quotes root for uh, because I think they do interesting stuff and they are monolith companies. Uh, and those two companies are Netflix and Spotify. So I am I have a baseline intriguement to this show. I think Netflix is fairly monolithic, but it's like they don't it's not like a Disney or something is what you're saying. Like they don't own like 30 percent of everything. Right. I mean, like compared to Apple, Google, Amazon, those kind of things. I I like my thing that has one business identity and that's it. Yeah. Relative to Disney, Netflix is just a small indie company. Which is true. So yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, I can't really speak to the quality of this show. It just looks like because what was it? Uh, we work. There was a we work fucking show. There was an Elizabeth Holmes show recently. It kind of feels like another thing like that, where it's just like, hey, let's go over this fictionalized version of this company. Although this company is still going strong, despite the fact that it will never turn a profit. Yeah, it's true. Which is weird because we were talking about this last night when we played Magic the Gathering and how like Spotify, like I forget how I learned about it, but I I found out basically that Spotify's business model does not allow them to turn a profit in any way, shape or form. No matter what they do to try and increase revenues, they will never turn a profit. Hmm. Just in it for the love of the game. Yeah, I guess it's weird. Speaking of not turning a profit, our next trailer is for My Father's Dragon. From the five-time Academy Award-nominated animation studio Cartoon Saloon, uh, known for The Secret of Kells, Song of the Sea, and Wolf Walkers. I don't know if I've ever heard of any of those. I think I've heard of Secret of Kells. An Academy Award-nominated director, Nora Twomey? Toomey? Sure. Uh, the breadwinner comes an exquisite film inspired by the Newbery honored children's book from author Ruth Stiles Gannett. Oh no, I'm in, I'm in a block of names again. Uh, <laughs> let me put on my glasses. Struggling to cope after a move to the city with his mother, Elmer runs away in search of wild Island and a young dragon who waits to be rescued. Elmer's adventures introduce him to ferocious beasts, a mysterious Island and the friendship of a lifetime. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, we got Gaten Matazaro and Dr- Jacob Tremblay as vocal roles for this. Uh, this looks like potentially uh, Netflix's attempt for an animation Oscar. Hmm. Yeah, could be. Uh, so Wolfwalkers is an Apple TV Plus uh, animated movie. Uh, that's probably why I've never heard of it. That's exactly why you've never heard of it, but it was fine. Yeah, I, I like the animation, but like the the story and the vocal direction was kind of 
awful. So yeah, uh, hopefully uh, better than Wolfwalkers, which I expect this to be. But just based off of the vocal town alone uh, and what I heard in the trailer, I expect this to be better than Wolfwalkers. All right. Uh, our next trailer is for Descendant. Uh, Descendant tells the story of the Clotilda, the last known ship to smuggle stolen Africans to America. The unthinkable cover-up and the impact of that crime on generations of Descendants living in Africa Town. Once the past is revealed, can the future be reclaimed? Hashtag Descendant. Uh, descendants of the enslaved Africans on an illegal ship that arrived in Alabama in 1860 seek justice and healing when the craft's remains are discovered. Uh, so this is a docu-series? Or a documentary film? Film? Do not know for sure. Uh, I believe it's a movie. Because I saw uh, Andrew from uh, formerly Nomcast, now uh, Recent Activity, was going to a film festival to watch it. So mm, okay. I think it's a film. Okay. Uh, it looks good. Yes, this is uh, the kind of shit that I'm here for. Because I didn't know about this, and uh, seemingly almost nobody fucking yeah. knows about this. So I want to learn. So give it to me. This is some premium gourmet shit. So, uh, yeah, check out The Descendant. I think, uh, in fact, I'm going to go add it to my list right now. Or not The Descendant. It's just Descendant. I wish I could read. Uh, our last trailer this week is for Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, Guillermo del Toro... The master of horror is. Is he? Is that what people refer to him as? No, no, I've 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 literally never referred to him as that. OK. So Guillermo del Toro wants to show you his cool cabinet. Uh, it's a collection of unprecedented and genre defining stories that will challenge our traditional notions of horror. Uh, his cabinet of curiosities is an anthology of sinister stories told by some of today's most revered horror creators, including the directors of The Babadook, Splice, Mandy, and many more. Jesus, with those kind of pedigrees, uh, how could this not be a fucking slam dunk? Dan and I famously hate The Babadook, it's, and uh, it's Splice, is, Splice is pretty aggressively bad. What's, that? What's uh, Splice again? Is that the Adrian Brody one? Yes, uh, and they make a weird creature that uh, the dude then fucks. I love that movie, uh, not because it's good, but I just love that movie. Well, yeah, like we love it because it's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Mandy, I've I've never seen, but uh, I've heard it's fucking crazy. So, OK. Yeah, I've never seen it. Uh, bizarre nightmares unfold in eight tales of terror in this visually stunning, spine-tingling horror collection curated by Guillermo del Toro. That's my bit where I'm Dracula. You're Dr. Acula. Mm-hmm. I'm Scott Bakula. Uh, so glad we could pull that back. Um, so my big thing with this show is that Rupert Grint... Uh, the kid who played Ron Weasley mm -hmm. is in Ronnie this show. Weasel. Uh, and I'm very excited about that because Emma Watson goes off and does kind of whatever she wants. Same with Daniel Radcliffe. 
Uh, fucking Rupert Grint. I the, have not famously seen does not like, act. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in, I think, one other project recently. And by recently, I mean within the last five years. Yeah. So it must have been something that was like, I don't know, obviously, like they got his attention somehow, but basically like because they were so good at negotiating for like residuals and shit from Harry Potter that none of them ever have to work again. Right. So that's why Daniel Radcliffe just does weird shit that he's into because uh, he's an agent of chaos and like Emma Watson just be- decided to become like a-, a serious actor. Serious actor slash activist. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, we we're sure she'll s- save the world. I don't know. I shouldn't be a smart ass, but uh, Rupert Grint said, you know, fuck off to acting and uh, just bought an ice cream truck and travels the British countryside giving out free ice cream to children. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they were all just in like uh, the 10th anniversary Harry Potter special on HBO Max. I don't know how much money that fucking Warner Brothers gave them to do that, but they mm-hmm. seemed to do OK. So I'm sure they got more money that Rupert Grit can buy more ice cream with. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the fascinating thing about the this show. The moral that. of the story is that Rupert Grint is real life Santa Claus. Uh, other people I saw was like Ben Barnes, Eric Andre. Uh, f- fuck, I had a bunch of other people that I recognize. Kate then... McCucci. Oh, yeah. So at the very least. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be varied. And it's an interesting release schedule from Netflix because I think they're starting October 25th and releasing two episodes a night for four nights in a row. Something yeah, like that. So the last two will come out on my birthday. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. It's an interesting release idea. Uh, They're going to keep playing with this shit. I know people want uh, weekly releases. I know people want binge releases. People are less well, warm on uh, block releases, but. Well, didn't you hear Netflix is moving to a weekly release structure? Uh, it says uh, someone from Nintendo's uncle. I work at Nintendo and my uncle told me. <laughs> Those are my favorite. Uh, hey, trust me on this. It's happening. Oh, OK. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, let's get into quick hits and talk about some stuff we watched this week. All right. Uh, so where do I start? I guess I'll start at the beginning. That makes the most sense. Uh, yeah. I watched uh, a music documentary called Traveling Band Creedence Clearwater Revival at the Royal Albert Hall. Oh, of course you did. I'm I'm so unshocked by this. Yes, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, famously one of my favorite uh, musical acts of all time that I grew up listening to. Uh, and let me tell you, they're at it again. Uh, so this covers their meteoric rise to fame uh, and is narrated by Jeff Bridges. That's right. Oh. The dude himself uh, is talking about this this good, good band and their cool music. I don't know. It's interesting. I uh, I always knew a lot about the music, didn't know a lot about the dudes themselves. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just not a it's a band that's always been like present in my life, but I've never 
taken the time to learn a lot about. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, like John Fogarty is like a total fucking weird beard. Like just listening to him talk through the whole thing. It's like he he's like a fucking moon man, uh, which is kind of cool. But like, I didn't realize he was like actually in the, the army and shit too. Which, uh, you know, makes them having strong opinions about uh, Vietnam like that much. I, I like I don't know, not like their opinion would not matter if if that wasn't the case. But like, I don't know. They always did songs about, uh, you know. Being in like being raised in the Louisiana swamp and traveling down the mighty Mississippi. And they're all just from fucking like San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was just his vibe, I guess. So like they talk about that. They talk about, um, you know, they they weren't one of those bands that like was really big on the like the sex, drugs and rock and roll and like the hippie scene. They were all about the work. So like the the place that they would hang out and like work on music and stuff they called the factory. And like, that was just kind of their mentality. Like they, they got in there every day and just like rolled their sleeves up and were just cranking it out, uh, which is kind of cool. And then like kind of the meta context of this documentary is about like leading up to this concert that they did at the Royal Albert hall in London, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, right after the Beatles broke up. Uh, so oh. like basically they, they were poised to become like the biggest band in the universe. Uh, so like the, like they just basically tore the house down and fucking um, like a couple weeks later, Cosmos factory came out, uh, which again was like, they called the, the place where they did all their music and stuff, the factory so it's like, oh, it's kind of neat, you know, like, I wonder if that's where they got the title for Cosmos Factory. And then, like, the album cover for Cosmos Factory is a picture of them in the factory, like, huh. you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like they do they do the whole documentary bit and then they show, like, archival footage of the entire concert. Oh, uh, wow. Which was pretty cool because, like, Credence was one of those bands that like i said i've always been into them but like i was born far too late to ever see them so it was cool getting to see a live performance from them so uh i just want you to know that you talking about this jogged my memory that tom delong is supposed to is supposed to have a movie come out at some point and imdb says it's happening this year uh and yet when i look up monsters of california no release date so, Tom DeLong, hmm. what's going on? Yeah, what are you doing with your life? That's it for that one. Five stars out of five. Okay, nice. Uh, and then I made a horrible, horrible mistake. So I saw uh, a Red Letter Media <laughs> video talking about the trailer for Rob Zombie's The Munsters. Oh, and I was fuck. Like, I was like, how could they possibly have done this in today's day and age. I bet it's really fucking weird. So I watched it and I fell asleep halfway through and will not revisit it. But I'm going to tell you, 
It's really fucking weird. Yeah, so, I mean, this was a big topic of discussion over the two-piece chat, because uh, famously, I think Rob Zombie uh, is a hack fraud. Yeah, uh, he, and, sucks. he sucks. He sucks. He He's sucks. He's not a good director. Uh, he should be in prison for fraud for how bad of a director he is. Yeah, and for, you know, just putting his wife in these movies like he's basically the director that is Mila Jovovich's husband, whose name I can't uh, fucking Lupe remember. Son, uh was the original one. And now I can't remember the new guy, but he, he uh, also does those movies. Uh, uh, fuck. God, like so many people are screaming at our podcast right now. I hate this, but I'm going to have to look up Resident Evil on <laughs> uh, IMDb. Paul, uh, w. Paul S. Anderson? W. S. Anderson. Yeah. There we go. We got there. Whose only good movie is Event Horizon? Uh, shut up, Nick. <laughs> Event Horizon's pretty good. I um, love Event Horizon. Event Horizon's great. So you remember, like, whenever uh, House of a Thousand Corpses was first coming out, and people were like, "Oh, sick! I like a Rob Zombie movie." He was, he was a music guy. Yeah. Uh, who has like horror themed music? So mm-hmm. he's making a horror film. Uh, I bet that'll be interesting. So like. House of a Thousand Corpses comes out. I was into it. You know, it's it's like a neat kind of pastiche and like his ode to the genre, I guess. But like, sure, it has a lot of like weird cine- like cinematography choices that like apparently are just Rob Zombie's things. So there's like random cutaways to like shots at a weird angle of like a close up of somebody's face just yelling and like that's a lot of what the monsters is also like i don't get the color scheme of the movie because everything's like weirdly neon yeah herman munster's skin is like electric lime green uh, and then like the fucking grandpa, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. I was never into the monsters. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, just has like. Like stage makeup that like. I don't know how to describe it other than like clown makeup, like it's like sure. the fucking caked on like stage paint fucking clown makeup that like you can tell it's just like flaking off and is terribly uncomfortable for him. And it's like. A steel blue color, just like caked on his face, presumably with a spatula. Of course, Lily Munster is played by Sherry Moon Zombie, the only actress that Rob Zombie is aware of. Correct. I don't know. And the whole thing's just so fucking bizarre. I'm going to read you an IMDb review for it. Uh, Cringy and barely watchable schlock. The monster starts off badly and gets progressively worse with a juvenile script that re- resembles badly written fan fiction by writer-director Rob Zombly, 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 Zombly. Yep. Uh, who is a self-proclaimed super fan of the original show. The story, what there is of it, is an attempt at a prequel to the 1960s TV series and shows how Herman Munster was created, met Lily, and eventually ended up moving from Transylvania to America. Um... Yeah, it's like the basic thrust of the story. The other thing is that, uh, like, a scientist creates Herman Munster, 
and he sends his uh, assistant to the to, like to the brain depository, and instead of getting Hans Delbruck's brain, he gets uh, Abby Normal's brain. Is basically the plot line that they oh, go yeah. to. It's like there's there's two brothers, one like <laughs> one who was a famous scientist, and uh, one who was like a really lame comedian who told like dad jokes and got booed off stage all the time uh, and played like stupid songs. Uh, Like there's a news story about how like the two brothers are at the fucking morgue at the same time. And they're like, only a true buffoon would be able to confuse their two brains. So guess which one, uh, Igor, who is played by Jorge Garcia from fucking Lost. Uh, guess which one he brings back? Uh, obviously, the very smart guy mm-hmm. who's the best. Yeah, and that's why for the rest of the movie, Herman Munster isn't like a weird rock star who sings about eating a clown and saying, does this taste funny to you? Because that's the level of humor we're working with. Oh, God. Uh so like I said, I had this on. I fell asleep. Uh, I woke up briefly and noticed that the credits were playing. So from the things that it suggested for me to watch next, I put on Pokemon colon the Arceus Chronicles. This is, I guess, uh, a movie based on the po- what the fuck was the Pokemon series that we watched that we actually thought was kind of good. That's uh, based Pokemon on like Journeys? Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Journeys. Uh, so it's a Pokemon Journeys movie where it's like Ash, Go, and Dawn have to team up with Brock, who is still like a weird creep. Sure, sounds like Brock. Although now he's a po- he's a Pokemon doctor, uh, so he's got like a lab coat and a blissey. And they uncover a plot by Team Galactic to try to get Cyrus out of the distortion world by forcing Arceus to appear uh, to stop Heatran, who they, like, I guess, set loose upon the world to try to destroy Mount Coronet. Hmm. I don't know. It's, uh, that's all I remember from it, because I wasn't really watching it. That's fair. Uh, but I put it on because I was playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. Well, okay, then. Uh, back to the monsters really quickly. I'm scared to put up the Patreon thread because uh, I have made it known that I have never, I never want to watch the monsters ever uh, because Rob Zombie. Uh, and I am scared that people will now give us Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Uh, uh, well, that's why, like, I hope that I've saved you from it because I am not watching this again. Yeah. So uh, when I put up the Patreon thread, don't even try. Yeah, it's not happening. I, I, I thought about putting up the, the post and putting in the text box. If you submit the monsters, I will block you from our Patreon and keep all of your money. <laughs> Me too. Uh, anything else for you? No, that's it. All right. Uh, I watched a few more episodes of Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It's a show. I don't know. Uh, it's a 10... It's a 10 episode limited series. I'm halfway through. And uh, yeah. Da- yeah, David's David's doing his thing. He's he's being a, you know, it's it's like sort of isekai. 
you know, where he uh, he gets a thing and now he becomes like part of the world of criminals and like he moves real fast and stuff. And uh, I, I believe what is heading towards is that he's going to be chromed up out of his mind, uh, chromed up out of his mind, of course, being like, you know, more machine than man. Yeah, like he has too many mods on his deck. <laughs> exactly. I think it's, it's eventually going to get to that point uh, and I'll see. We'll see what happens then. I, I think we, we have to wait. I have to wait for a resolution to really deliver a verdict on this. I know people again. I know people are like really hyped on this, but like I just. The the dialogue and just how they fucking talk is so cringy to me, and it's just it's never going to work with cyberpunk dialogue. I'm always going to think it sounds cringy and forced whenever they're like, man, my creds shot up the, the Google flap. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I got so many creds from stomping my Google box, uh, and now I'm going to go uh, get some more mods so I can go fucking skunk some corpos. Yeah, like it, it, just just cringy, cringy dialogue. And it's not it's not just this show. It is everything. The cyberpunk every single time. Without fail, the, the genre needs to get past its its bad cringy dialogue i don't know there's been exactly one good cyberpunk thing and it's ghost in the shell yes the scarlett johansson version i I 100 agree nope you're nope we're stopping there the scarlett johansson version no i mean i was gonna bring up fucking shadow run no shadow run is pretty good but yeah, the the original anime of uh, Ghost in the Shell, the movie, is uh, not cringy really at all. They don't really say anything stupid. It doesn't like immediately take me out of it whenever they talk. Hmm. So I'm. Why do I? Why have I done this to myself? Uh, apparently, Beave is cyberpunk slag for. Uh, suburbanites from corporate controlled neighborhoods based on the 1950s series leave it to beaver so there's that uh apparently in 2077 that's a a relevant cultural reference sure uh a show from over a hundred years ago at that point in time Mm -hmm. that's why it's cringy guys because you just make up shit and it sounds stupid all right Uh, but that's it uh i'm i'm gonna just slowly keep working through cyberpunk edge runners and and see where it goes from there but uh I, I think this is more of a culmination story than me being like hey after five episodes i can really recommend this show chunking eating on the run and eating as a secondary activity we do need a word for that but it should not be chunking <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking flatline this corpo Oh, God, the the amount of times I've heard the phrase flatline uh, makes me want to fucking crawl in my own skin, create a fucking singularity. I don't know. I'm going to go down and see the Ripper Dock and get some new mods to my deck. You're just looking up tw- Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> shit, aren't you? Because yes. Ripper, R- Ripper Dock's fine. Like, Ripper Dock, I get uh, it. Like, that, that at least is like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I'm fucking... I'm going to zero this fucking corpo pig. The fuck. zero wants to make me die. I... <laughs> it's the problem of playing cyberpunk 2077 and watching the cyberpunk show at the nah. same time. And it's just like a fucking cyberpunk awful overload. And I just want to just 
Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm so I'm so hopped up on Smash and and synth coke. All right. Uh, so I I I need to get away from this. So we're gonna cut into a quick break. <laughs> And when we come back from the break, we'll talk about uh, our main view topic for the week, which is Andrew Dominic's Blonde, starring Anna de Armas. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Delarosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahe Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. Or, if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend, or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now, back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Blonde. Blonde is a new NC-17 rated biography drama romance film on Netflix. Uh, It is two hours, 46 minutes, uh, 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, A fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe, uh, written and directed by Andrew Dominic. And starring Anna Darmus, uh, based on a novel by Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, so, Dan, what did you think of Blonde? Uh, I have a very mixed relationship with this movie because I think there is some legitimate. I don't, genius is a strong word, but I think there's legitimately like great things about this movie. But then there's some weird directorial choices that Andrew Dominic makes that just kind of, I don't want to say derail, but take away from the overall end product of the movie. Now you tell me why you hated it. Uh, This movie's a giant fucking waste of time piece of shit. This is probably one of the worst movies I've seen on Netflix in a very, very long time. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I could not stand my time with this to the point where uh, by the end of it, when a very tragic moment happens to our main character, uh, Vanessa and I just both started laughing. Uh, That is something I will say about this movie is I think it's unintentionally hilarious in points. Yeah. um, Uncomfortable to witness. A lot of inner dialogue. I hated every bit of it. Uh, especially the bit where, uh, you know, she's, she's talking to herself in her head while she is like being forced to suck, uh, president Kennedy's dick. Yep. Uh, and like, you know, you have a tight close up on her face as she's just got a fucking mouthful of sweaty president hog. And, uh, I don't know. There's also like internal conversations between her and a fetus. I did not care for it. None of this worked. It took two hours, 46 minutes from me, and Mm -hmm. I would like it back. Uh, Unfortunately, that's never going to happen. But that is the big thing about this movie is this is two hours and 40 
six forty seven minutes. Yeah, and like so, this it the most egregious thing about that is it's like it's about two hours and twenty minutes in, and we need a five minute scene of her looking for her fucking wallet. Yep, I agree with you. Like like that scene serves next to no purpose. Like like you can't tell like. Andrew Dominic can't convince me what the purpose of that sequence is. She she was getting a, a package delivered. What should have happened in the scene was she signs for it and says thank you. I think that her trying to find money to tip the delivery kid is just like a like, oh, she's still ultimately a good person deep down. So I understand why she goes to find her wallet. I don't understand why it takes so long for her to not find her wallet and find a singular dollar bill uh, to then give to the kid who's disappeared. So, like, I get why it happens and the end result, but everything in between didn't need to take as long as it did. Is it supposed to be showing that, like, she's so fucking drugged out that, like, it takes way longer and the guy is like, I'm not waiting uh, I think if you want to show that, you just have it be night whenever she comes back out with a dollar. And then maybe a five minute scene works. But in so that way it illustrates that time passes differently for her. But also you don't need it to be a five minute scene. You could probably just have it take a full minute. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, the story about a girl who never did find her father, but she did find a few daddies. Oh, God, those are so uncomfortable. Cause like, did you watch? Did were you here when we watched Killing Them Softly? Yes, because that's also Andrew Dominic. And uh, when I knew that, I just was like, "Oh God, this is gonna be awful." Because Killing Them Softly is horrendous. It's a horrendous movie, one of the worst I've ever seen. But yeah, uh, I was extremely uncomfortable. And like, I get again, I get what the movie is doing. It is saying. Hi, this woman has father issues and therefore continually seeks out older men to provide for her because she never had a father to provide for her and also had her childhood stolen away because her mom was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So I get it. And on certain levels, I appreciate it. But every time after because she walks into the because like she starts saying daddy to all of her husbands like she walks into her hotel room and joe dimaggio's there but she thinks it's going to be her husband or uh she thinks it's going to be her, her father so she's like daddy and then joe dimaggio's just there so like potentially there's this weird uncomfortable bit where joe dimaggio's like hey i liked it when you called me daddy just keep calling me daddy and i'm just like oh god no so, but yes, that part sucked. I, I hated every time she referred to a man as daddy. I've I've seen people online, uh, you know, in like the IMDb reviews and stuff, because whenever I want to shit on a movie, I like to steal other people's words to help me shit on it more <laughs> successfully. Uh, but I don't know. I've seen people refer to this as just like a really stretched out snuff film. Or just like a, an exploitation film, which like it kind of is kind of see like a snuff film might be a bit extreme, but like, <laughs> yeah, 
it's uh, really terrible. So here's my thing with here's my aversion to calling it an exploitation film. And it's that I know nothing about Marilyn Monroe, not a single fucking thing. So I like I don't feel like I'm qualified to say whether or not Marilyn Monroe is exploited in this movie because I don't know anything about her. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's some really like nasty shit in here, but also like she's a damaged person, very obviously. I mean, she, her her the way she dies is through a barbiturate overdose. Like, I'm sorry, uh, but normally, like, if you're a healthy person, you don't just die of a drug overdose or like from habitual drug abuse. Mm hmm. I feel like this review is just going to be you reading one star reviews to me and then me responding with my thought to that one star review, which is fine. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of. You can talk about whatever you want. I'm I'm kind of disinterested in this. Uh, I I will then only bring up uh, Anna de Armas. I think she's actually really excellent in this movie. Uh, she's probably getting an Academy Award nomination. I don't know if she'll win it. I don't really care either way, but uh, I feel like this was her vehicle to finally do a lot of challenging things that the Academy likes to see. Uh, and therefore, she will probably get a nomination for this. Uh, I don't care about the awards part, but I do think she's uh, excellent in this movie. Say what you want about Andrew Dominic and, and his choices. Uh, and whether or not he's actually like a good director or not. Uh, but Anna mm-hmm. Darmus, at least, was what she was billed to be, which is a true star in this movie. All right. I don't have a lot to say about the other performances. Like uh, the guy who was, I guess, her second husband, the the director and like playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him quite a bit. Uh, did you recognize the actor? Uh, I fucking can't remember from where. That is Adrian Brody from Splice Fame. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is him. I don't know if he's uh, just just aging or if they had like makeup on him. I don't know what Adrian Brody looks like now. That was 100% makeup. I've seen no. him recently. That is not what he looks like. So, I mean, good for them. That was good makeup. But uh, I mean, actually, I kind of talked about it because like I I liked him as like a person for her because he seemed to be genuinely in love with her. But then Ashley also brought up two points. One was that he was projecting his long lost love of Magda onto her. Mm -hmm. So even from his perspective, the relationship was unhealthy because she was a substitute for this woman that had died years ago. And he's this substitute for her father figure that she'd been missing for all this time. And then she was Marilyn at one point says, Hey, don't write about me. And then he blatantly goes against that. So like, again, it was another one of those like toxic relationships. Like I, but I don't feel like it got explored as toxic too much. I feel like it kind of got glossed over and was like, ah, look how caring he seemingly is of this woman. I'm about to prove why, how uh, anybody who likes this movie is wrong. Uh, There are two abortion scenes in this movie. And in both of them, there's a shot 
from the inside of Anadarmus's vagina of the camera looking out as the doctor spreads it with a fucking speculum. Uh, and it's awful. Uh, also, like, uh, when she's pregnant the second time and, like, you know, has the fetus aborted uh, of her first pregnancy so that she can continue to be in films. She has a conversation with her unborn Babby uh, where the Babby is like, are you going to hurt me again like the last time? And she's like, no, like that was that was a different Babby. I would never hurt you. And uh, the unborn Babby is like, no, I've always been the same Babby just waiting to meet you. Uh, so this movie is weirdly pro-life, and I don't like it. See, you said that in our Discord, and like I, I've been racking my brain over it because I see what you mean, but I also just disagree. Because I feel like it's more... Because the first abortion isn't just so she can continue starring in movies. It's because, and this is implied, but when she talks to the doctor about mental health and how her mom is crazy mm-hmm. uh, and she's, she asks, is this hereditary? And she's yeah. like, Oh, so it's implied that the, the doctor's like, yeah, this is probably hereditary. So she goes out and is like, I should probably abort this baby because I don't need someone else fucking crazy in this world. Like, and I- then she changes her mind and the doctor's like, well, we're going to abort your baby anyway. Here's some drugs. Uh, Yes. So that's a, a thing of like, I don't know if that's supposed to be indicting the studio system because like, I, I feel like she called the studio, the studio sent the car to get the, the baby aborted. And then as she changes her mind, the studio is just like, well, no matter like, what, we, we already bought the gas. This, yeah. this kid's getting aborted. Yeah. So no matter what, like no matter what this woman says, like get rid of this kid, we need her to be under studio contract forever. Yeah. Uh, consequently, this movie is now illegal in Ohio. Let's go. Uh, and then the third abortion. Uh, well, OK, the second abortion, because the, the, the first baby is uh, aborted. The second one is miscarried because she falls. And uh, the third one in maybe the most insane sequence I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, she is whisked away by uh, G-Men. Yeah, she gets fucking black bagged. And then taken to the I what I'm assuming is the same hospital and has that baby aborted. Yeah, uh, and, and she thinks it's a nightmare because she's all doped up again. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know how much or if any of this is true, but like, yeah, the fucking... Secret Service uh, aborts JFK's illegitimate bastard child in this movie. Yeah, uh, and you are correct about the the vaginal scene thing. That is so uncomfortable and stupid. And the only thing I can think of is that Andrew Dominic wants you to like fully experience all the trauma that this woman is going through through these abortions. Well, like, it yeah, it turns into like a body horror thing. But like. Uh, I don't know. The only thing that I've seen in a film that was similar that I can compare it to is in Detroit Rock City, where there's a fucking shot from the inside of Gene Simmons mouth of the tongue waving in the air in front of the crowd. (laughs) 
so yeah, I, I I feel like a lot of this is Andrew Dominic taking a crowbar and saying, hi, instead of just having themes and interpretations, I want to make what I'm saying in this movie explicitly clear to the point of excess. And that's where I, the movie is in its failings is that it doesn't trust an audience that can only this is an audience that only should be watching it because there is an NC-17 like people old enough to understand themes to movies should be able to comprehend what is going on and instead Mm -hmm. he wants to crowbar them with what he's trying to say yeah yeah subtlety is for uh, college professors in ivory towers uh, I'm going to read the only item under IMDb goofs. Oh. <laughs> 3D footage of a fully formed Babby is erroneously shown in the movie more than once to depict a fetus in Marilyn Monroe's womb when she is only in the first trimester of her pregnancy when the fetus, the fetus wasn't even fully developed yet. Three of five found this interesting. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I like I understand uh, the science behind it. But I more side with the artist interpretation of the thing that was going on. Mm-hmm. Like I understand why it was why he did it and why it had to be a more fully formed fetus, so that way you could actually like, I guess, sympathize with the weight of what was going on around her. Because like, really, her mental spiral doesn't start happening until her fucking miscarriage. See, this is how the far right. Manipulates people (laughs) because you see the fetus there, it's talking to her. You see it as a baby, as a human being, when in reality, it's just a clump of cells Mm -hmm. that doesn't have thoughts, feelings, or emotions or experience pain. Correct. And that's where I'll side with you on this. That's like when you look at it from that aspect, yes. You can't crush an acorn and say that you cut down an oak tree abortion is not murder this is the line in the sand that i am drawing that's fair uh and i agree with you i just think when applying that to this movie because i feel like the movie is more marilyn having it or norma jean or whatever you want to call her uh having the conversation and the uh not conversation, but like having the moral quandary in her head. That's more of what they want to do than say, hey, uh, life begins at conception. You know, <laughs> I just feel like they want to have her reflect on what her life yeah. is and what her life choices are versus say, uh, yes, this fully formed fetus has already happened and now she will only grow in size. Yeah, well, if uh, if we let women in Texas get abortions, then who are we going to execute 20 years from now? That's true. I don't know. I don't, I don't really have much else to say, but uh, yeah, I don't. This is a movie I'm going to think about a lot because like I enjoy watching challenging movies. Uh, and I actually get like some kind of enjoyment out of challenging movies uh, unless they're 2001 a space odyssey in which case that movie's just garbage but like i enjoy watching them because like 
it's a mental exercise in like understanding themes. Now, the problem with this movie again is what, like I said earlier, is that there's no fucking themes or there are themes, but I'm not interpreting them because the movie just wants to force feed it down my fucking throat. And I don't like that. Like a, like (laughs) a big sweaty president dick. Yeah. So I don't, I can safely say I will never revisit this movie. Good. But uh, I I did kind of like it. I wish you weren't so fucking stupid. Uh, me, yeah, me too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, nah, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I mean, this is a, a highly divisive movie. Like... There's going to be opinions across like across the spectrum. Uh, I think we're doing this movie for movie reviews and 20 Qs for their their next week episode or some sometime in the future episode. Uh, and I can't wait to hear what Liz thinks, because I because th- Liz might have you and Liz might have like a fucking stroke talking about this movie. Do you think she also hates it? I think she might also hate it. OK, good. But I don't know for sure. I would have given this movie two stars, except that it was nearly three hours long. Uh, So for wasting another hour and 20 minutes, probably unnecessarily, uh, this gets a one star. That's fair. Uh, I'm going with a three, a flat three is not. Now, I said this in the two piece chat. This is not a fine movie. Everything I feel about this movie is too diametrically opposed to just land smack in the middle and say this is a fine movie this is a weird exercise in what is acceptable in a movie and and uh how far uh disrespecting your audience's intelligence can go that's true like and that's that's I guess the other thing is like why this film, uh, and uh, I think it ultimately comes back to is Andrew Andrew Dominic the correct person to have directed this movie? I think no, because we've seen killing <laughs> is, them softly. Is Andrew Dominic the right baby to not have been aborted? True. <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, that hurt even for me. Uh, a filthy liberal communist pig fuck. True. So I don't know if Andrew Dominic was the correct person. Would a woman directing this movie have affected the overall outcome and what was shown in the movie? Maybe. I don't know. I can't say for sure. But uh, I, I do feel like Andrew Dominic is not the person to have directed this movie. I feel like you could have gone with a multitude of other male directors to do this movie instead of him. Not and nothing to say of all the female directors who probably could have handled this over him. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all salient points. Thank you. See, even if I kind of like something, I can critique it. Uh, With that, it's time to get into uh, another thing that I foisted upon us on my own petard. Uh, It's, Full Metal Alchemist, the final alchemy, uh, the final movie in the Full Metal Alchemist uh, live action trilogy. Yeah. 
Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, the final colon, the final alchemy, or as it's called on IMDb, Full Metal Alchemist colon final transmutation. Not sure why the difference there. Uh, it's a 2022 uh, action adventure fantasy film. Uh, comes in at two hours, 22 minutes. So it's a bit more merciful than Blonde. Uh, it's a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb and is the best narrative film that I've watched this week. Uh, sh- sure. Okay. So that tells you about the kind of week I'm having. Dan, what did you think? This has the same pitfalls as the other two mm-hmm. Full Metal Alchemist movies, where the first two-thirds of the movie just kind of jumps around and has no idea what it's doing because it's trying to hit certain moments from the anime. So that way the anime fans feel like, oh, I'm justified in having watched the anime and these movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it makes no fucking sense. And I'm confused the whole time as to what's even going on. And then it's supposed to tie together in the final third of the movie where there's this singular focus on what's fucking happening. Uh, Instead, I didn't feel like there was a singular focus on what's happening because I had no idea who the fuck the final villain was. I like I (laughs) know what I, I, I know who he is. I don't know how he became what he is. I have no idea what his fucking goal is. And I don't understand why he goes uh, nuclear reactor at the end. I don't understand a single thing about this fucking movie. Yeah. And that's the thing is like. uh, I watched the entirety of the Full Metal Alchemist anime. Mm -hmm. I started watching Brotherhood, which is. uh, like the reboot of it that stays closer to the manga. Yes. I have not read the manga, but like both animes and the manga, like really over explain like everything. So like, because there's so much plot and they gave themselves three movies to cover everything. uh, They're just moving at a really rapid clip uh, and not really explaining dick. Uh, so if you're not already familiar with it, I mean, you wouldn't care anyway. Right. Uh, but like, this is not accessible for new fans of the franchise. Basically, because like the guy who is the final villain does not exist in uh, the anime, but he does exist in the manga because like the the anime they changed like the ending and a lot of like the the third act type stuff yes uh because the manga hadn't finished so it was yeah. like a, a a game of thrones scenario where uh george r martin hadn't finished writing it and they got there yeah george so they, r-, r martin so they had to make up shit yeah so then um full metal alchemist brotherhood was like a a full reboot of it that then incorporated the the ending from the manga uh so this is the ending in the manga except Mm -hmm. that like i've never seen that because i haven't watched brotherhood or read the manga so like even me an established enfranchised fan of full metal alchemist although it's not i wouldn't say one of my favorites probably not even in the top 10 sure but still, established fan had no idea really what was going on. 
Yeah. And and that's the ultimate problem with the movie. Like they get out of gluttony. And even then I'm like, I, I what am I looking at? Like, cause like, I think they get a gluttony. And at that point I'm just so confused because there's so many characters they are just throwing into the movie because they yeah. were in the anime. It's like, Oh, look at this guy. Now he can, uh, make rocks turn into, uh, piss using his mind. Well, and, and also they introduce in the third movie at the, like the cold open, uh, Edward and Elric's fucking alchemy teacher and mm. her whole backstory. Uh, and they like gloss yeah. over her very important backstory of her trying to bring back uh, this ties into blonde, her, her uh, dead kid. Yeah. Her dead kid. And then, uh, alchemy being like, no, you can't do that. So we're going to take away your reproductive organs and you're going to be all fucked up because of that. Yeah. Cause it's an ironic punishment. And in the, in the anime, which I watched all of it, like she's an established character with a very long character arc. And like it gives you compelling reasons for all of that shit. Uh, and here just kind of drops it in so that you can have her in the final fight. Yes, you you need her there in order to have her be one of the five human sacrifices. OK, but you've you've there's no importance behind this character. The Elric brothers. Sure, there's enough. Um, Mustang, I mean, I feel like his inclusion is just kind of like thrown in there. Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't understand why, like, I'm sure there's a whole explanation as to why Mustang loses his eyesight when he's not even the one who like performs the human trans transmutation. Like he's just happens to be in the circle when, whenever the human transmutation happens. Uh, and then fucking, uh, Von Hohenheim. Like he makes sense at least because he's filled with philosopher's stones. So like you're you're just throwing shit in because it happens in the manga and anime, and it doesn't make sense because you haven't built it. And for somebody like me who's finished none of it and is only like passingly familiar with like the events of the first and second movies, where I was like, okay. I get this. Like, I, I know what they're, I see what they're doing so I can understand it. But like in this, I haven't even uh, like thought about approaching this part of full metal alchemist. So I'm just beyond lost as to what is even supposed to be happening. Yeah. Which is, uh, probably the correct take. So, yeah. Um, these movies are a complete failure. In introducing anybody new to the Full Metal Alchemist series, because like you said, if you're somebody who's never seen the show or the, like, the animes or read the, the manga, you are watching these movies and you're like, who the fuck are any of these people? Like, I know the Elrics, I know Mustang, and I know uh, like Envy who is somehow seemingly like a main character throughout these entire movies, like Envy's in all three movies and is a major part in all three. Yeah. I mean, Envy had a pretty big part in the, in the anime too, but like they earn it there. Right. Uh, and in this, you're just like introduced to a bunch of characters that, uh, seemingly don't matter until they have to show up for the final fight. And then they, ha then they matter because they're there to support the Elrics. Mm -hmm. that's it those are my takes on on full metal alchemist all right what would you rate it 
This is the worst one yet. This is this is my one star. It's like a two. Yeah, that's fair. Rough week. Yeah, well, for you. For you. For you. Yes, but if I arise, I broke Batman's spine and uh, took all of his money for making bat weapons, and I still can't get speech therapy. Uh, So I watch uh, the Harley Quinn show on uh, HBO Max. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah, and that's the Bane voice they have that somebody do. I don't know who does the Bane voice, but somebody does the Bane voice. It might be Alan Tudyk. Uh, it's a voice part, so probably because Alan Tudyk does a lot of the male voices in that show. Also, Diedrich Bader is Batman, mm. and I, I appreciate that because he was in Batman Brave and the Bold as Batman. Let's see. Alan Tudyk does. He does Joker. Uh, Clayface, Joker, mm-hmm. Ocean Master. Firefly, Condiment King, uh, which is a real DC character. Real DC character. Uh, Singing Fish, Dr. Trap, Cool Guard, Two-Face Goon number one, Student one, uh, Manager, Hot Southern Bartender, and Calendar Man, another real DC character. My favorite, one of my favorite Easter eggs, or it's not really an Easter egg, but it's also like a thing you actually have to do. But in Arkham City, uh, you have to visit Calendar Man on like all like the 12 major holidays that they have mm-hmm. set in the game. And he relays like a murder story that he uh, did during that day. It's actually really cool. Like it actually makes Calendar Man like cool. Uh, that's it. That's all I have to say about Calendar Man. Kite Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> poor kite man kite man got jobbed over in that show i, I haven't seen season three yet but uh yeah kite, uh, poor kite man also uh kite man was supposed to get a spinoff and uh that got canceled by hbo max oof so god we can't have anything good no no right kite man showed in fantastic <sighs> can't have shit in detroit uh so next week we're Watching Dahmer, so soft Dahmer, soft Dahmer. It's up to you. Um, the, 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 the reason the the multiple question marks are there are because of you. Yeah, we can watch Dahmer. I don't care. What's right. uh, what's the format for it? Is it a movie? No, it's a series. Series. How many episodes is it? I let's, might not want to watch it. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> let's find oh, out. It is ten episodes. Ooh. Uh, fifty-minute episodes. Uh, I mean, that's we don't have to, we don't have nine to watch hours Blonde. that I have to do. We can watch Blonde again. Yeah, that's a third of the hours. Now we can do Dahmer. I don't give a fuck. Uh, if nothing else, like my wife will just tell me about whether it's good or not. Yeah. Uh, and then on the back half of that, because we made this joke fucking uh what was it like i i want to say like five months ago yeah there's a my little pony show uh it's called my little pony make your mark 
Uh, it released in two chapters. The first chapter was one episode that was 45 minutes back in uh, May or March, one of the M months. Uh, they have now released eight more episodes, which are all 23 minutes apiece. So it's time to talk about My Little Pony shit. That's true. Also, uh, Matrey Ramakrishnan is uh, one of the voices in the show. Yeah, that's also true. Uh, it's also apparently like they did the My Little Pony New Generation movie, which we watched. We watched and we enjoyed. Which had Vanessa Hudgens in it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then apparently that wasn't the start of the new generation because then they did make your mark or our characters from next a new gen. I think new generation leads into make your mark. It seems to, but it doesn't have the main character because Vanessa Hudgens didn't do it. Well, that doesn't mean she didn't. That's it. It's not a, like a continuation. It's just they probably recasted her because it's Vanessa Hudgens. And there's no way that you're going to get Vanessa Hudgens to tie down to uh, an animated show that no one's going to watch for a reasonable amount of money. Yeah, probably not. So, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for uh, a serial killer show and then a children's show on, on the back half of that, because <laughs> I thought it would be funny if we did both. It is funny. All right. Uh, with that, you can find the show at Netflix and Spot.com if you want to stop. stop uh, oh, my God. What is wrong with me? One stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, you can also check out two peas on a podcast there. That's uh, Gerald's podcast. I guess I have to promote this podcast. I don't fucking know. Uh, Gerald sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm already exhausted from watching all of next week's stuff. Uh, thank you to Spass uh, Weather. Spice Weather. The, on the only band un uncorrupted by <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. And until next week, this is Caleb saying, we'll see you next Tuesday through Anadarmus's vagina. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.